This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 296, submission number 1731. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, Susan, Susan, you picked this show. I know you're so excited about this. Yeah, yeah, but if you want to hold off for a bit, let me do the intro here. Yeah, so. Su- Susan, just don't say anything else. Just okay. Just please. Just just, just try and control yourself. All just, right. Just stand over there with Johnny in yeah. the background in the whammy. <laughs> stand over in the corner with Johnny Olson and Robot Johnny Olson. Don't forget oh, yeah. Robot. Oh Johnny. yeah. I, oh yeah. Did I mention that when I was watching? The Price is Right on Pluto TV today. There was a robot Johnny Olsen in the showcase. In the elevator? Was he, he looked like he was in the elevator. Something the like that. Yeah. Anywho, uh, the, the, this show Uh-oh. aired on YTV Canada from August 22nd, 1997 to April 19th, 2003 for 231 episodes over six seasons. If you want to ride to a place that's live where the music is on to make you vibe with his own something new around the corner you want to play a little Uh-oh. make a jump to the beat cause it's time for a treat with the quest there's an answer to try to compete when your time's up through so what you gonna do let me hear scream Uh-oh. Uh-oh. spin the wheel speed round a am I Uh-oh. I spin I wanna say what's it gonna be uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. What do you say when Mr. T's punch to Rowdy Roddy Piper goes incredibly alright? Uh oh. Uh oh. In the world of kids' game shows, there is sort of a Venn diagram. You have the shows that are long lasting, well done, and big hits and then you have the shows that happened that were well done but fondly remembered and short lived somewhere in the middle of that Venn diagram is this show because it lasted a long time in fact it was the third longest running show on YTV in YTV's history of course, YTV being the Canadian equivalent of Nickelodeon. Yeah, and YTV gave us Are You Afraid of the Dark? Original flavor. That's right. With uh, with Ross Hall and Joanna Garcia Swisher. Oh, and should we also mention that her husband... Have we mentioned that her husband was on How I Met Your Mother? Nick Swisher? Yeah. Yeah, we totally mentioned that. Yeah, we totally mentioned that. So when you watch him on the pregame show for MLB on Peacock, just remember he was on How I Met Your Mother. Yes, and he almost cost Barney his perfect week. Uh Uh-oh. Damn it, Nick Swisher, why are you doing that? But this show was actually born out of a shorter-lived TV show on YTV called It's Alive. It's basically... 
uh, the Canadian answer to all that, except it was three times as long with a TV show stuck in the middle of it. At so least it was, during, during the first season. So it was basically kind of sort of like Roundhouse? Yeah. Only there was uh, reruns of Are You Afraid of the Dark, Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons, or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Except for the second season, where those shows were taken out and it was just turned into an hour of sketches and comedies and celebrity interviews and game show segments and musical performances and so much stuff. It was basically like Steam Pipe Alley, if you remember that far back. Oh, Steam Pipe Alley, that's one of my favorites. I'm so happy I'm not the only one who remembers Steam Pipe Alley. Oh, that was Sunday mornings on WOR. Yeah. On, on the super uh, station. That was great. Mario can toad before he made it big. Absolutely. And I think he, uh, after that, after Steam Pipe Alley, you had Slime Time and Treasure Mall. What a time. Oh, what a time to be alive. Oh, oh, did I mention that Mario Cantone's in the new season of Girls 5 Ever on Peacock? I'm going to have to rewatch that because I don't remember seeing him. But you should know I have never lost at singing, except once as a minor, so those records are sealed. <laughs> Two terrific performances. Now for the judging for stand-up comedian Mario Cantone, four stars. And for singer Leslie Wiggins. I haven't landed on my forever name. Three and three-quarter stars. Thank you. (laughs) You're hurting me. The world hasn't heard the last from Leslie Goldenbody. No, that's not it. Yeah, Mero Cantone's in the store search segment where he's competing against Wiki. Because <laughs> of course, have to watch that. yeah, because of course, Wiki would have a grudge against Mario Cantone for beating her on Star Search. Because Wiki's like the most narcissistic character on television. Yeah. I mean, somewhere, uh, Laura Lane's uh, CC from the nannies looking at Wiki and going like, damn, girl, dial it back down if you're God. Oh, by the way, as we're recording this, uh, next week, She-Hulk Attorney at Law is going to be on Disney+, and Renee Elise Goldsberry, who plays Wiki, is going to be on She-Hulk. Yes. And you know who else is going to be on She-Hulk? Who? Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. I missed her on Orphan Black. I really do. But uh, speaking of fine Canadian productions, during the second season of It's Alive, they had a sketch where Scott Yaffe, one of the show's regulars, played an almost comically sadistic game show host themed Wink Yahoo. This was the 90s. Yahoo's like the biggest website on the planet right now. And so, Wink is just, well, come on. Duh. Yeah. So, Wink Yahoo hosted three contestants who would either answer questions correctly or be punished by the Punisher. <laughs> do we need to describe who the Punisher is? I think we, we do. Okay, just so you know, guys, this isn't John Bernthal. 
John Bernthal does not show up on this show. By the way, uh, John Bernthal of previous entry, the class John Bernthal. Oh, hold on a second. Here's a neato fact of the day. Do you know who John Bernthal's uncle-in-law is? Who is John Bernthal's uncle-in-law? Kurt Angle. What? Yes. It's true. Yes, Olympic gold medalist and WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle is John Bernthal's uncle-in-law. That's a fun fact. That's a fun fact. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, sadistic host, sadistic punisher, chained contestants. People in Canada thought that this was really good kids television. Somehow they thought, okay, this is appropriate for kids. This guy that looks like a cross between Jason Voorhees and Lord Humongous from Mad Max is going to be the main heel in this kids' game show. Who already has a heel in the host. But somehow, Rick Watts and Frank Young, who were writing for It's Alive at the time, took one look at this sketch and thought, you know what? This would actually work as a show. And so in 1997, YTV gave the green light to produce a standalone version of Uh After It's Alive ended. If I'm not mistaken, It's Alive ended uh, one year before Uh premiered. It's Alive castmates Scott Yaffe, Mike Beaver, and Patricia Ribeiro would return to the new series in similar roles. Scott would play Wink Yahoo, the delightfully excited, over-exuberant game show host archetype. Patricia Ribeiro would play Quizmaster Trish, who would ask all the questions in the Speed Bounds corner. And Mike Beaver would play The Punisher. Scaring kids all across Canada, looking like a sadistic S&M monster. Yeah, but his role was somewhat reduced on this show. And if you've never seen him, you need to find this. Need to find this. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, Our description does not give this any justice. Not even close. Of course, joining the cast of Crazies on this show would be Slash and Sam and Jumpin' Joe, who functioned as referees. Uh, Slash and Sam was played by Samantha Cook, and Jumpin' Joe was played by Joseph Pierre. And then there would be the field team, known as the Slime Tour in its early episodes, played by. The Slime Master, who started out as Sean Majumder, who, amazingly enough, would probably be the only person from this cast to have a lasting career besides this show. No, seriously. He played Seikat Patel in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Oh, wow! He said Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Yep. Well, you know who else is in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle? 
And we just referenced him like 15 minutes ago. NPH. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I just remember who else is in um, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Remember Ryan Reynolds played that doctor in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle? Yep. Marijuana? But why? Oh, wait, Anthony Anderson was also in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. He had the best moment in that movie where he just wanted to burn the hot dog place down. Yeah, he really did. Um, and assisting the Slime Master would be referees Akua, Akua Otupiri, Aaron Stramatis, and Christian Hagen, and Don Cox. Cox replaced Otupiri in the sixth season. Also replacing uh, the Slime Master in the sixth season was Ryan Belleville, who is nowadays a comedian and actor. Can I mention one thing about uh, the uh, Punisher played by Mike Beaver? I just want to say this one thing. He played an office man in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Well, that's very on brand for the Punisher. Yeah, it is. So, how is this monstrosity even work? Well, the game is played in three rounds. The first round is played with a wheel, which features win and spin, speed round, the dump, mayhem, trade and spin, and in later seasons, lose and spin. I'm going to try and see if I can explain these. The Speed round, Trish will ask you up to 10 questions at 5 points a pop in 20 seconds. The mayhem spaces are stunts that must be accomplished in 20 seconds for 50 points. Win and spin gives you bonus points and a bonus spin. If you spin it again... You just get the bonus points, you don't get another spin. Only two per customer. Trade and spin allows you to trade your point total with anyone else's point total. If you remember the fire drill rounds in Make the Grade, it's kind of sort of like that. Oh, I remember the fire drill round in Make the Grade. The dump space is like Plinko meets the Magnificent Marble Machine in which you drop a ball from the top of the board, and it goes all the way down until it reaches the target, and you either win or lose points based on where the ball lands. And then there's the... Uh ...space. Susan, we need you for this! What space is that again, Chico? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh! Uh-oh! In which... Wink will ask you a multiple-choice question that is more difficult than questions you would see on the speed round. If you get it right, you get 50 points. If you get it wrong, the Punisher, who has already put your partner in this sort of plexiglass porta potty with a funnel on top of it, will dump slime on you. This man, this man that looks like 
a cross between Jason and Lord Humongous is going to jump slime onto a kid. Someone in Canada thought this made good kids television. Someone in Canada thought, you know what, the kids, they're going to love this crap. (laughs) And they did love this crap. And then you have round two, which is called the Slime Tour, based on the obstacle course segments of It's Alive. Contestants will have to complete a series of challenges and the first one to do it would get a prize. And the second one to do it would get a smaller prize. But before they play it out, the teams have to predict who will finish first. If they were right, they get 35 points. If they were wrong, they get no points. Now, the slime tour went all across the country. Uh, in season one, they stayed around the Yukon Territory. But in season two, they went to Banff, Alberta, Charlottetown, PEI, Drumheller, Alberta, Fredericton, New Brunswick, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, St. Dennis, Saskatchewan, and Victoria, British Columbia. In season three, they went to Brandon, Manitoba, Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, Lewisburg, Nova Scotia, St. John's, Newfoundland, Sudbury, the home of the late great Alex Trebek. Thunder Bay, Ontario, and Winnipeg. Season oh, four. Thunder Bay. Yeah. Gotta love Thunder Bay. Okay. Season four, they went to Edmonton, Kamloops, Medicine Hat, Montreal, Moose Jaw, and Quebec City. They went big in season four. They went to Moose Jaw, baby. It's like, okay, we got the big budget from YTV. We're going to go to Moose Jaw. Yeah. And in season five, they went to Barrie, Ontario, Kamloops, Kelowna, British Columbia, Londonburg, Nova Scotia, Moncton, New Brunswick, Penticton, British Columbia, St. John, New Brunswick, and Yanmouth, Nova Scotia. By season six, they changed its name to Field Games, and all the games were played in the Toronto area. Well, that stinks. Yeah. Instead of getting a colorful look at Canada... We get a colorful look at Toronto. That's like everything in Canada, television-wise, is Toronto, Toronto. Or Vancouver. Or Vancouver. You don't get to go to, like, Calgary. You don't get to go see, like, the countryside of Alberta. You don't get to see Regina, Saskatchewan that much. And in round three, it was played like round one, except with a different wheel. Whereas you spun a wheel, now you're spinning like a spinner. And it still had the Uh-oh. the trade and spin, the lose and spin, the win and spin, the dump, the speed round, and the mayhem. And then there was uh, the Uh-oh. Deluxe, which was played like an Uh-oh. question, but it was worth 75 points. And there would usually be uh, something more to the slime, either more slime or uh, slime with sprinkles on it. In season five, the Uh-oh. deluxe was replaced with a picket space, which requires the spinner to decide whether to play Uh-oh. mayhem, speed round the dump, or Uh-oh. deluxe. If the spinner fails to make a choice in five seconds, they lose their turn. 
that was in season five. In season six, it was replaced by Fruit Gushers, which, of course, you know, was product placement for Fruit Gushers. It required the spinner's partner to bob for oversized fruit gushers floating within a giant fruit gusher within a 20-second time limit. Each gusher had a team color and point value attached to it, and that team won the points that were indicated. And that could be anywhere from 5 to 75. The team with the most points at the end of this round wins the grand prize. And if there is a tie, a jump-in question is played. Whoever buzzes in first with the correct answer wins. Otherwise, their opponents automatically win the grand prize. If there's a three-way tie, the two remaining teams would have a shot at the question. Now, during Season 6, an alternate tiebreaker was used in which the partners of the spinners involved in the tie bobbed for one fruit gusher each simultaneously at the fruit gusher station. With no time limit, and the one who gets the higher point value wins. But towards the end of that season, the original tiebreaker was reinstated. And that's basically how it played out for 231 episodes. It aired Fridays at 6. Really good time for a game show. It would be right as the kids were coming home from school for the week. Getting you all hyped up for the weekend. And then they would encore that week's episode at 1 o'clock on the following Saturday. And again, 3 o'clock the following Sunday. For the final two seasons, the show moved to Saturdays at noon with no encore presentations. I think that deserves an... Uh-oh. 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 Yeah, I think by season 5, they pretty much knew that the end was coming if not here already. And that's the show. And again, thanks to the wonders of YouTube, select episodes are available for you to watch. And they actually aired one episode as part of the uh, Search for Canada's game shows that aired a while back online. Oh, hey, do you want to know who provided the Jello pudding for... Uh-oh. Craft Canada. So you know who probably supplied them the pudding? It was probably Terrence and Philip. Because you know they're all about that craft dinner. They're all about the craft dinner. Well, let us board the subway and return home. There we can eat craft dinner. Yes, it's been a long day, and only craft dinner can calm my nerves. What else can we say about this show? I mean, it was perhaps in the grand tradition of its forebearer, It's Alive, the least educational game show on North American television. And also the craziest. Well, I think one thing we can say is happy 75th birthday, Susan. Yes. Listen, yeah. Susan, you asked for this episode, okay? You wanted us to talk about... Uh-oh. 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 I know, Susan. You <laughs> wanted us to talk about this show, and we did. So we're very happy that you gave us this episode of It Was a Thing on TV, because, as we all know, uh-oh, uh-oh, it was very Canadian. It had a, this, this, you can't see this, but it has the Punisher, this weird s guy, 
He scared the hell out of all the kids in Canada. And it was, of course, a thing on TV. So thank you, Susan. Thank you for reminding all the kids in Canada about the traumas they had when they were little. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah, I imagine being a little uh, kid in Canada on the set of Uh-oh. and your partner spun Uh-oh. and the Punisher came and took you into a portageon and threatened you with a proper sliming. You know, I need to talk to somebody about their thoughts about the Punisher. Whammy, are you anywhere here on the set? No. Hey, Whammy, what do you think about this guy right here, the Punisher? He makes me look like an angel. Oh, yeah, you're mean, but you're not quite as mean as this guy. You don't do that to kids. I don't look like somebody who should be running a sex dungeon. (laughs) But enough about new Netflix shows. Enough about what I do with all the prizes I steal. <laughs> now, Whammy, just you know, we have some birthday cake for Susan. You can have some of that. Yay! Hey, did you see the episode of Press Your Luck last week? What one of the prizes that was won by the contestants? What was it? Cake. I know, and you loved that cake, didn't you? I didn't steal the cake. He won it. Oh well, that stinks. Yeah. Now I just have to eat this lifetime supply of butter by myself. Aww. Oh, well, I'm sorry, well, you, en- you enjoy that stick. Because I use olive oil. Hey, interesting. The Punisher uses a stick and olive oil, too, for something else. <laughs> oh, Whammy, get, get, get out of here. No, God. Get out of here. Yeah, you pervert. My gracious. <laughs> there are kids listening to this, Whammy. There are kids. You know what? People have already are suffering trauma thanks to Susan having their trauma come back to them thanks to Susan picking this episode in Canada. We don't need to have this. The web is a pervert. I didn't he know is. That. He is a pervert. But at least he doesn't run a sex dungeon like the Punisher. Ew. Oh, my God. oh, by the way, did we mention that the Uh-oh. questions are usually, and now I'm using a tvtropes.org term, Nintendo hard for a kid? Like, what do you mean by Nintendo hard? There's hard, and then there's Nintendo hard. The one true hard. Harder than hard. Oh, okay, so these are very hard for a kid. Yes. Okay. So there's that. And the Uh-oh. deluxe questions are even harder than that. But hey, they're not just going to give you 75 points. You have to earn them. Well, before we get out of here and give Susan all of her cake and presents, it's time for some corrections. Alright, so you guys were covering Marblehead Manor uh, as part of Prime Time Starts at 7.30 that one year. And you mentioned that uh, Bob Frazier, 
who was actually the creator and producer of the show. But uh, you were also talking about Rob Dames, but you said that it was Woody Frazier who was his partner. No, it was Bob Frazier who is Rob Dames' partner. It's like every Dames Frazier production of which uh, Marblehead Manor was is a Rob Dames Bob Frazier production. So there's that. And another thing, uh, you mentioned Diana Ortelli, who played Lupe, and Elvis, her son, played by Umberto Ortiz. By the way, Diana Ortelli had a really good quote. She said, I got tired of playing Mexican maids and prostitutes. So I changed my name to Diana Ortelli. Now I play Italian maids and prostitutes. Uh-oh. And you said that they were both also played uh, mother and son in The Three Amigos, yeah? Yeah. Well, I just said, well, I just said they were in Three Amigos. I didn't and, say they were mother and son. So there's a reason that they're often cast together. Diana Ortelli is Humberto Ortiz's mother. Oh! Okay, now that makes sense. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? Oh, neat! And that's my uh, corrections, unless you guys have corrections you want to add. Yeah, I have a correction I want to add. Okay. I said that the Punisher looks like the cross between Jason Voorhees and Lord Humongous. Well, that's not true, because the Punisher, as you can see, is not wearing a hockey mask, so... He looks like a reject from Tattooed Teenage Daily and Fighters from Beverly Hills. Wow, that's a show I haven't heard in forever. Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. Yeah. Hey guys, the Whammy here. The Whammy made a mistake last episode too. I said I got McNasty with a can of Shasta. I'm sorry, it was a can of Canada Dry Ginger Ale. My bad. Well, hopefully we uh, cleared some of that up from last week. And you can re-listen to that episode and all the other episodes we have. And it was a thing on TV.com where you'll find all of our episodes, all of our live shows, all of our uh, mini-sodes, including the one we have for later this week, actually, where Greg, Mike, and I are going to relive perhaps one of the most awkward uh, ten minutes in password history. I wish I was kidding him, not. But in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on all social media, and it was a thing on TV. Of course, uh, Facebook, you have to slap on a podcast at the end of that, making it was a thing on TV podcast, because somebody at Facebook spun, uh-oh. 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 Yeah. So that's a thing that happened. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget, like, subscribe, Hit the notification bell. Uh-oh. Yeah, Susan, I know we didn't have a bell. I'm sorry. It stinks. I don't know what happened. I'm guessing the whammy stole the bell. So. That's basically what happened. <laughs> Damn it, whammy. Why'd you have to steal the bell? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Another uh, bit of a uh, correction. Because, uh, I don't know if you mentioned that Hollywood Squares was going on with Marblehead Manor. 
Yeah, because it would have been on 7.30 on WABC in 87. Against Wheel of Fortune on WCBS. NET on WWOR. Yeah. And it seems like after Hollywood Squares was canceled, it was... I I think they moved ET back for, like, from Channel 9 and moved Squares earlier in the day. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think it was replaced with Win, Lose, or Draw that year. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. But in any event, uh, we have that mini-sode. Greg and I are actually going to watch the next two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. And we're going to watch Star Trek II, The Wrath of... Didn't we do this last episode? God, Jim, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. We know you're excited about that episode, so... I'd be excited, too. God. But next week, we have a couple of really good shows that we've been looking forward to. Uh, We're going to do another two-in-one where we cover an Uh, attempt. Let's just say an attempt was made to knock ABC off of its Friday Night Perch. Yeah, this is going to be a two-part episode. So this is going to be in two separate chunks. So, And then, just because they won't stop making them, and we won't stop watching them, and we won't stop loving them, another round of Hometown Commercials. Happy before I change my mind! Okay, God, I'll wrap it up. Jeez, crazy Gideon, don't get crazy. Anyway, that's coming up in the week to come right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! Uh-oh. Uh-oh.